Welcome everybody to the house of the Lord. Amen. It's, it's good to look around and see the people uh, getting out of the house. I don't know if you were like me. I was getting a little stir crazy there for a little bit. Being in the house with the weather. Amen. But it, isn't it a beautiful day today? Come on, Sunday. Uh, they tell me it's going to get up to about 60, what, 65, 66 degrees today. What a beautiful day it is. How much more beautiful is it that we're in the house of the Lord? How, how, much, how much more exponentially beautiful it is that we can hear the voice of the Lord, that God's going to say something to you today? I would say of all the things that you've heard, nothing more valuable than hearing God's voice, right? Do you know that if you take God's voice and you act on what God says, there's, a, a, it, there's fruitfulness in that. There's abundance in that. There's, there's ability. There's power in that. And so I pray that uh, you will utilize uh, this next 30 minutes to avail for the kingdom of heaven. Somebody say amen to that. I, I pray you understand that you got all dressed up. You're all prettied up. I pray that you take full advantage of all the work that it takes to come in and glean the word of the Lord because God's going to speak to us today. So let's do this. I'm going to ask you to stand. Today is uh, the last message I've been kind of, you know, alluding uh, to the fact that we would be uh, finishing up this series called The Names of Jesus. I'm finishing uh, The Names of Jesus with, well, kind of a, a finale, if you will. Uh, this message is on I Am the True Vine. The purpose today is to give you the understanding, I want you to hear this, of just how true the vine is. I want you to know that the vine is trustworthy. It's true. And I want to talk about the ability in the vine. And you need to know how that works. And then I'll be starting the series uh, here in the next uh, week or so called Weak Things. Weak Things. And I'm going to show you how God's power is made perfect in weakness. Uh, to the attempt or maybe for, for the expression of that you might decide in 2023 to just be weak. Let me say amen to that. That, that I'm hoping that this series will help you to let go and let God. Come on, somebody. Uh, to quit looking at all the external things and just trust that God is powerful when you are at your weakest. God, God's power is magnified when we are at our weakest. And I pray that maybe some of you are here today and you feel weak. Could I suggest to you stay weak? Let the Lord uh, be who he is, right? Let, it, let him be himself. Amen. And I'm going to show you just how, how beautiful the Lord is and how awesome God is in that respect. But we're going to finish up the series today, I Am the True Vine. Some of you already know, I see an uh, elder is already in the, in the book. He knows where I'm going. Amen. I'm in St. John 15. So if you have your Bible, St. John 15, uh, this is the story of, could I say, the vine and the vineyard. And, and what I want to do is I, I, I want to share something with you. I'm just going to give a, a evidence to verse 1. So St. John 15, verse 1. But I am going to read it through verse 8 because I want, I want to maybe talk about, the Spirit will say so, I want to talk about abiding in the, in the vineyard of God. I want to talk about abiding. We'll talk about that a little bit. But, but namely, I'm just trying to get to verse 1, uh, uh, St. John 15, verse 1. And so we'll begin reading there, verses uh, 1 through 8. Let me get my Bible open there, and we'll start reading together. Again, this is the last message in the series, The Names of Jesus. I pray that if you know the name, if, if you know the name of Jesus, that this will help you become more effective in your faith and in the world around you. Are you ready? This is uh, St. John 15, verse 1. It begins like this. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. That's an expression that the father is the tiller of the ground. How many know he truly is? 
Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now are you, now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. And then Jesus says this, Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. And if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, now watch this, that you bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Y'all ready? We're going to get get into some good stuff here. Y'all ready? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. Thank you for the expression of your word. Thank you for the, for the expounding of your word in your house for your people. That the, that the family of faith, the people of God here at Harvest Point, those that are watching uh, uh, by stream, those that are hearing on, a, on some media, some source, some podcast, will be equipped in the kingdom of heaven to do the work of the kingdom of God. And I thank you, Father, for it. I pray blessing over the word of the Lord, purpose over the word of the Lord. Let, let this word fall in us. Let it abide in us so, so completely, so thoroughly, so magnificently that it'll bear forth fruit, not 30, not 60, but 100 times that which was sown. Let it be evident in the house of the Lord. Holy Spirit, take over this service. Do what only you can do. Move as only you can move. And we pray that. We pray that prayer. Bring the kind of anointing that makes preaching easy and listening fruitful. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Listen, before you see this, what I want you to do, I want you to go find somebody, look them in the eye, and I want you to tell them this. Jesus is, watch this, the true vine. Go tell somebody that Jesus is the true vine. Say true vine. He is the, he is the true vine. 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 How marvelous. He is the true vine. How awesome that is. Take your time and greet one another. If you haven't had a chance to say hello, say hello. It's good to see people coming together and celebrating each other. This time right here is one of my favorite times in the service because how many know the church is family? Yeah. And it's good to reach out, hug on each other, love on one another. I so appreciate these moments in the church service where we can salute the brethren and say hello and greet each other. Say good to see you. How you doing? Amen. We can talk about the week and, and investigate our lives together. Amen. That's awesome. It's so good that we are a family. I mean, when the church loses, it's, it's family. When we stop being family, we stop being church. Amen. Somebody say glory to God. 
God is good. I want to begin today by demonstrating to you, by presenting to you just how true the vine is. I, I, I pray that if you'll hear this, if you'll allow these words that I'm about to speak to you, to minister to you, to the truth of, of the trueness of the vine of God, I, I pray that this will empower you to just be at rest, to, to abide. Because at the end of the day, if we're not at rest, we're not in the kingdom. And so I want to help you to understand just how true the vine is. And I'm going to produce the truth of, of the true vine by revealing to you uh, both St. John chapter 2 and St. John chapter 4. I'm, I'm going to allude to the first two miracles in the ministry of Jesus in hopes that you might uh, glean and gain the idea, begin to walk in, in the truth of the trueness of the vine of God. And so I'm, I'm going to give you two miracles. If, if you don't know this, uh, there are two miracles in the Bible that, that are counted as the first and second miracle of the Lord. Uh, it, it, is, it, is, it is kind of an oddity, could I say even a controversy, uh, that I'm going to introduce to you uh, St. John chapter 2. Now, now all of you know the first miracle of Jesus was turning water into wine. <laughs> And because that's the miracle, what happens, the truth of that miracle, because the Bible says that when Jesus performed the turning of water into wine, the Bible says that Jesus revealed his glory and the disciples believed on him. Uh, the, the, the problem with the truth of that miracle is lost because the controversy is alcohol. <laughs> uh, partly because our culture, when we think of alcohol, uh, oddly we think of intoxication. People, when we think of alcohol, when you think of alcohol, you think of people getting drunk, right? Getting intoxicated. I, you know, all the reasons why people drink, trying to get away from stress and problems and stuff, and people want to get a buzz. <laughs> There's a lot of people in the church that would just assume that there wouldn't even be a chapter two. We don't even want to talk about Jesus making water into wine. And not just wine. Listen, church, good wine. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus made good wine. So, so I kind of have to uh, preface this, this miracle, and I have to kind of get rid of the notion of alcohol in your mind. So, so, so let me just give you a few, a few tips. Uh, you know that Apostle Paul wrote the church at Ephesia, and this is what he said. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. What do he say? But be filled with the Holy Ghost. It's that same apostle, apostle Paul uh, writing to, to, to the Christians in Rome gave us this instruction. It is good neither to eat meat, because I remember there was a controversy in meat in the days of Paul, where, where people were eating meat that was, well, sacrificed to idols, you know, and gods. And, and there was controversy in the church, whether or not we should eat meat that's been sacrificed. And, and Paul rightly says, uh, it is good neither to eat meat, nor to drink wine, nor anything that would cause your brother to stumble. To be offended, to be weakened. Somebody say amen to that. You, you, you understand that Paul is trying to teach you that there's a, there's a connectivity that we all have one with another. And, and, and that's why I, I say this plainly to the church, that I want you to be sober. Look at your name and say, Pastor, I want you sober. I, I, I'm not any different than, than the Apostle Peter who said this to the church. Be sober. Be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour. 
so you won't think I'm, I'm an oddity. Be sober. Look at your neighbor again and say, be sober for the second time. Now, now, let's put that aside, right, just so I can address that, because there's a lot of people on either side of that fence, right? There's a lot of people that hate that second John is in the Bible. There's a lot of people that love that second John is in the Bible. So let me put that there to the side. Be sober, right? I want you to be sober. Church family, I want you to be sober in every respect of that word. I want you to hear that from me. I, I think that's important that you hear that. However, I want you to comprehend that the Jews didn't see wine the way we see it. The culture didn't interpret wine that way. In fact, could I suggest to you that the Jews saw the wine, listen to this, saw wine as God's blessing. In fact, so much so was wine integrated in the culture that they actually gave to the Lord a wine offering. How many know that when they, when they, the last day, the great day of the feast, when they would pour out there as they celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles, of Sukkot, that they would pour water and wine over the altar of sacrifice? Some of you may be familiar, anybody familiar with the blessing of Isaac to his son Jacob, who he thought was Esau? Y'all remember this story? <laughs> That, that, that he thought, you know, he could smell the aroma of, of, of the outdoors upon, upon Jacob who had, who had skins. You remember how he deceived his father, right? And, and when, when, when Isaac begins to bless him, this is what he says. He goes, therefore God bless you with the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth. He says this, and plenty of corn and wine. Some of you may be familiar with the passage of the invitation that's prophesied by the prophet Isaiah as to which was to come in Isaiah 55, where he says, come by now, milk and wine without cost and without price. And so I want you to see that wine was, was a source of blessing. I just want you to catch that, because now I can introduce the chapter. This miracle, the disciples said, that Jesus revealed, listen to this, his glory. And they believed on him. You know this passage. You know the story. Jesus is at a wedding. He's invited to a wedding in Cana. And he's there with his disciples. And somewhere in the, in the days, y'all know that their weddings don't just, not just a day. It goes seven days, a whole week. And somewhere in one of those days, they, they ran out of wine. It's it's somewhat of an embarrassment. It's a humiliation that the family didn't have enough wine to, 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 to celebrate the wedding. And so Mary comes to Jesus, and she tells Jesus, they're out of wine. And you remember Jesus' response, woman, what have I to do with thee? He says, my time has not yet come. Now, now, now I want you to consider what Jesus is saying. He, he says, my time isn't right now. This isn't, this isn't the timing of God. And, and it just so happened that Mary turns to the servant and says, whatever he says to do, do it. And, and, and somewhere in, in the course of that conversation, uh, Jesus uh, begins to uh, express his deity, his, his glory. And so the Bible says that he told the servants, check this out, he told the servants, there were, there were six water pots that were there for a ceremonial cleaning. You know, how many know that, the, that, that, that in, in, in those days that the Jews considered a tradition of washing of hands, right? They washed hands. And, and y'all remember they accused the disciples of not washing their hands when they were walking along and they were eating corn. And then they, they, they told Jesus, your, your, your disciples transgressed the tradition of the elders where they don't wash their hands when they eat. 
And then this is what Jesus taught them. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you, what comes out of your mouth that defiles you. Y'all remember these stories, right? They were real concerned about keeping your hands clean. And so Jesus saw these, these six uh, water pots. The Bible says uh, they, they were two to three firkins apiece uh, in terms of quantity, what they could hold. Now, uh, firkin is an expression of the fourth, a fourth of a barrel, so about eight gallons. They could hold two to three, you know, I'm going to say maybe, maybe 20 gallons. Let's just average it. So there's six water pots, and he says, fill them to the top. And so they filled them to the brim. I don't know if Jesus prayed. I don't know what he did. The Bible just simply says that Jesus says, fill these water pots with water. And they filled these water pots, 120 gallons. And the Bible says that when he filled them to the brim, Jesus said this, and this is the glory. He says, draw out now and give to the bearer of the feast. You know what happened. He drank it. And he stopped the whole party and said, I want you to tell you something magnificent, something great has happened. You see, everybody, when a wedding starts, they serve the good wine. And then after people are a little inebriated and they can't distinct, distinguish what's good and what's not, then they bring out the bad wine. But, but you're different. You, 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 you see, you, you've saved the best for last. <laughs> but I want to draw your attention to the glory. Because I want to demonstrate to you how true that vine is. Now, 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 catch this. Jesus said, watch this. They filled it to the brim, and then Jesus said, draw out now. Somebody say now. Now is a funny word. Because when is it now? The moment you say it, it's lost. I, I, I want you to think the disciples, let, let, let me digress because, you, you, you know, I, I, I don't know a lot about agriculture in so much that, you know, I grew up on a farm, I know a little bit about it, but I certainly don't know how to plant a vineyard. It, it's interesting that, that you don't plant a vineyard with seeds, you plant a vineyard with roots. Let me say that one more time, you might have missed that. A, a, a vineyard isn't planted with seeds, a vineyard is planted with roots, when the root is planted, then you graft the vine to the root. Uh, they, they say that it takes three to five years to get the kind of grape to even start thinking about making wine. Uh, and then after you, after you, you get the grape uh, on that third and fifth year uh, and you take those grapes, uh, you still have to another three to five days for fermentation. Uh, but, but then if you want good wine, uh, theologians say you would have to age that wine. Uh, uh, 15, 20, 25 years for it to be considered good wine. Let me draw you back to the story. You see, Jesus said, fill the water pots to the brim, and as soon as they filled to the brim, Jesus says, draw out now. Uh, let, let, let me, let me, you're, you're not getting it. Uh, time. You know, we could think of time, you know, yesterday we were at my mom's house and, and, and we were reminiscing. We were looking at a photo album and we were looking at memories. You know, so you see, our, the past time is now just a memory. Uh, nothing I can do about yesterday, uh, uh, two years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. That's gone. I, I just have a memory. There's no effect into my past. 
I, I could talk about the present, and, and thank God they call it the present, because it, isn't it a present to be in the present? Come on, somebody. And then there's the future, something left unfulfilled, but what we really have is, is, is now. Somebody say amen to that. But most of us, and I want you to think about now, right? That, that now is what we have. And now, now is what affects us. Now, now is where we are. Now, now is the fullness of all that we've been in the reality where we stand right now. And I want you to hear this because when we think of time, could I suggest to you, watch this, time is change. Time has changed. Look, look, you know, when we come in, I can look at you and kind of roundabout tell you, about how old you are. You say, well, well, Pastor, how do you know how old I am? Because the change I see on you. Well, I'm talking now. I'm talking about, talking about true, genuine time. time we, we, we identify time with change. And, and trust me, you've changed since you were 10 years old, 20 years old, 30 years old. 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. And in fact, could I suggest to you that time has not been your friend? That the change in your life isn't to improvement, but rather could I suggest that you are decaying? You are evaporating. You are diminishing right before our very eyes. Time. If you don't think so, just go through that photo album. You'll say, wow. Look how much I've changed. Jesus says, draw out now. I don't need 25 years. Draw out now. I, I'm not affected by time. Draw out now. I'm eternal. I'm outside of this thing. I can simply say now. You have a God who is the God of the now. Somebody say hallelujah. Isn't this the expression of faith? Now faith is. Faith is something present. It's not something we defer to tomorrow. And any place in your life where you're telling people, you just wait till next week, that's not faith. That's hope. Now faith is. It speaks right now. It speaks into the present. It moves right now. We've got an on time God, don't we? Because he moves what? In the now. Anybody got an on-time God? Give your neighbor a high five and say, we got an on-time God. Right, I say that to you because I want you to know that the principle of the kingdom is you have to learn how to abide. And it's so nice that in the abiding, we have a now God. And he doesn't need 25 years to turn you into something vintage. How many know when people tell you, I've got a vintage car is different than saying I've got an old car. A vintage car suggests that something old has been renovated, renewed, restored. My God is a now God. And now they realize that he's, he's the God of time. He's the ageless one. He's the ancient of days. He don't need all that stuff. He just simply says, draw out now. And when they drew it out and they took it to the bear, he said, this is the best wine I've ever tasted in my whole life. Why? Because he's the God of the now. He's an on-time God. He's a present God. Oh, you got to get that. Well, you look at your neighbor and say, God is present. How, how many here believe, how many here believe that God is present? Uh, uh, okay, let me, let me, let me, 
Let me go to the second miracle. There's, there's all, of all the miracles that Jesus did, there's only a one and a two. And they're, they're only a one and a two because they both reflect both time and space. And then not outer space, space, space. I'll, I'll talk to you. St. John chapter 4, I love that passage primarily because this is where Jesus meets the woman at the well. St. John 4. Everybody knows St. John 4. And most of the conversation in St. John 4 is, is here's a woman that the first person ever offered to drink of the Holy Ghost is the woman at the well. And man, did she need a drink. Well, you look at it, your neighbor and say, you need a drink of the Holy Ghost. Trust me. Trust me. You, you, you need to drink the Holy Ghost. It's interesting that at the very end, kind of tucked away, and if you don't read the whole chapter through, you're going to miss a story. And I love this story because the Bible says that Jesus came back to Cana. Now, now some of you, if you go back ge geographically, you'll see that Cana of Galilee is, is on, a, on the edge or at the bottom of a mountain. It's, it has elevation. And when Jesus came back to Cana of Galilee, the Bible says a nobleman met him there. If you want to know more about him, I, I believe it's Chusa, right? Uh, Luke 8, where, where, where uh, there is a, an official of the state, which uh, Luke 8 calls him Herod Stewart. And the Bible says that they ministered unto the Lord with their substance, with their wealth. The story records that there was a nobleman who came to the Lord and he asked Jesus, he said, Jesus, will you come down and heal my son because he's on his deathbed. He, he's dying. He goes, there, he dies. And, and, and he said, I want you to come down. And the Bible says that Jesus looked at him. And he said this. You see, without signs and wonders, you won't believe. He says, you get down. Go your way. Your son lives. Now, 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 now you may not understand what just happened there. The Bible says that when he came down off of Cana, his, his servants met him there and he said, your son lives. Amen. Now, now, we just think it's a miracle, but we don't understand that Jesus is showing you that he is Lord of space. Right? Space, location. Not out of space, he's Lord of that too. <laughs> how, how many know there's, you want to teach you some science? It's simple science. You've heard it before. How many of you know there's three dimensions to space? You know, I was an art student in college. In fact, if you ever see me, I, I draw pretty good. I blow your mind. If I, you give me some oils, I'll paint you some stuff. You say, man, did you paint it that fast? Yes, I did. Right? And so we learn how to paint and draw in three dimensions to show space, location, distance. You know, you, you know it like this because you're, you're, the, you're the generation that you keep your location on your phone. Anybody ever hit the location tab on your phone, and every time you pass the store, it gives you a coupon? <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about, right? You, you keep your location button on, and all of a sudden, it dings, and you look down, and they're giving you coupons because you're right there next to Dillard. You're right there, you're right there at Macy's, and, and, and they, they, they know. How many know that your phone knows where you are? Yes. And even when you turn off all the stuff, it still knows where you are. Yes. So does Jesus. Three dimensions of space. Front, back, left, right, up, down. Simple. Uh, you might know it more scientifically. La latitude. Longitude. Aptitude. Or altitude, probably. 
How many know you need altitude, right? Because if you're on a mountain, you need some altitude. And how many know that if you wanted to meet somebody, you need, you need more than just those three. You need more than just latitude and longitude and altitude. You're going to need what else? Time. Let me say that one more time. You missed that because I want to show you how true the vine is. It is not only a now vine. It is a location. The vine is true because the vine is with you. What, what, what do we say about God? We say, he'll never leave us nor forsake us so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Yeah. Oh, what, what do we say? Uh, uh, that, that, know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. In other words, wherever you are, God is. That, that, that's how perfect God is in location. Wherever you are, he is. Uh, you, you, you think I'm talking crazy? I'm going to show you just how crazy this is. How many know that when the sons of God presented themselves before God, this is a story in the book of Job, that, that Lucifer came and presented himself before God, and God says, where have you been? He says, I've been walking to and fro and up and down on the earth. How many know he's the prince of the air? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? That, that, that Jesus is proving to you that he doesn't have to go there to be there. In fact, it's said of God that he arrives before he gets there. He, he is there. Well, you say God is there. L listen, let me, let me show you how thorough this is. How many know that the Bible says, St. Matthew 18, the Bible says that wherever two or three are gathered, agreeing by touching any one thing that whatever they ask, the Father will give it to them. In fact, it says wherever two or three is, there I am in the midst of them. He, he's right there. Will you, will you touch them and say, Jesus is right there. You don't have to go running to look for God. In fact, in fact the, the, the fact that God is the God of space, Jesus is the God of space, right? Location, you should never be wondering where he is. He's right there. And where he is, he is now. That's how true the vine is. You got that? Jesus is where I am, and he speaks into the now. That's the truth of the vine. And because that's the truth, here's the admonition. Abide. Uh, 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 abide. Let, let, let me give it to you. Kind of layman's terms. Uh, you need to hang out with Jesus. You need to be hanging with the Lord. Because, you know, you know, the fruit, if the vine is hanging out, it'll produce fruit by just hanging with the Lord. Real fruit. You, you, you know, the ladies are a little bit better at this process. You know, ladies, have you ever baked something and maybe it overcooked or, or you got some stuff in, or maybe you had to clean the stove? You know, you don't go in there with your hands and start scouring with, a, with, with sandpaper. This is what you do. You soak it in something. You know, sometimes when I pass by the kitchen, first lady will have a pan and it just got water and there's stuff in there. and She just, she just lets it soak. And it's been there all day, but, but the purpose is so that when she gets it to clean it, she don't got to be scattered. She just, she just wipes it because it's been soaking. It, it almost cleans itself. Have you been abiding? 
Have you just been let, just, just to buy? I'm not talking about working. I'm not talking about slaving. I'm not put, talking about putting your mind to work. I, I'm just talking about just simply abiding on the vine. J- just abiding. Making sure that God is first in everything. That God, you, you, you're my consideration. God, this is you. God, what, what do you want to do? What do you want to do there? How do you want me to handle this? What, you know, you're, you're just abiding. He's the fullness of whatever you are. You just, you just abide in the vine. And the Bible says if you abide in that vine, you're going to produce much fruit. Now, 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 some of y'all saw uh, the little passage, and, and I just want to say this because I'm going to get to this, this abiding here in just a moment. I, I, I want you to know that the Bible says that if the branch doesn't bear fruit, he takes it away. And most of us, some of us thought, well, what is he takes it away? Is, does somebody go on to be with God or, 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 or are they uh, excommunicated from the scriptures? What happens there? And so I got into that. Do you know that the word take away is the word arrow in Greek, which literally means to lift up? That you can literally translate the branch that doesn't bear fruit, God lifts up. And then I begin to think, isn't that interesting that vines don't grow on the ground? You see, anybody that plants a vineyard, you have to create places where the vine can grow up. So God literally lifts you up to put you on that place where you can begin to twirl around and and make your way on that lattice work of the kingdom of heaven. That you you could be lifted up to bear the fruit of God. Did y'all catch that? Y'all catch that? So, so open your Bibles, Romans chapter 11, because I want to give you a scripture, a text, because I, I, I want to show you something just how, to show you how beautiful this is. Now, I, I look around the church family. It, it's my expectation, it's my thought, it's my deliberation in the church that, that, that I believe that you've been born again. How many believe you've been born again? Look at your neighbors. I've been born again. It's so important. Sister Taylor, you've been born again. Now, now let me tell you something. You were you not born of the will of men, whether that be of flesh or of blood. But the Bible says you've been born by the very spirit of the living God. The, the, the born again process, listen, if a person says they're saved, what they're saying is they've been born again by the spirit of God. And the Bible says, and you hath he quickened and made you alive. Who were dead in your trespasses and sins. You've been made alive. What? Of the Spirit of God. It's the Holy Ghost that produces the new birth. It is supernatural. Somebody say it's supernatural. Salvation is still the greatest miracle on earth. Why? Because it's a spiritual rebirth. You've been born again. Jesus said this plainly. Without this birth, you can't see the kingdom of heaven. A man has to be born of spirit and of water. If he's even to enter into the kingdom of God. I want you to hear that. Why is that important? Because the Spirit of God uh, produces a certain kind of species. Now, now, let me, are you there in Romans 11? I want to just show you something here, so just hold tight. Uh, I, I want you to know that the Bible says that you, you were once a wild olive branch. They get your name and say, I know you was wild. Y'all are in her all cute and pretty, but, but y'all weren't that way in the past. We, we were, Brother Taylor, we were considered a wild olive branch. Let me tell you what we don't recognize about the wild olive branch. The wild olive branch was not used for fruit. They didn't harvest the, the, the olives from the wild olive tree. Uh, no, nor did they circulate that, that olive into any production of oil. It was a useless tree, but it was an olive branch or an olive tree. 
But it was essentially good for nothing other than looking at it. it it's, it's, it's what we call Gentiles. Uh, the, the, the wild olive tree is a, a symbol of the Gentile. Now, now watch what happens. Because you've been born again. The Bible says that God took that wild olive branch and he went back to the root in the vineyard of God. And what he does is he, he, he grafts the wild olive branch to the root. That's how vineyards are planted. And the only way that that could happen was you'd have to be of the same species. Let me say it like this. So, so if, if I had a, you know, there's some, I saw some pecan trees. I, I can't go take a branch of that pecan tree and then attach it to my lemon tree in my backyard. It, it, it'll die. No, no matter how I try to care for it, no matter how I try to put, uh, you know, splice it and, and put it onto, uh, it has to be of the same species. You can't take an apple branch and connect it to a cherry branch, you know, cherry tree. It has to be of the same species, the same origin. It's got to be of the same root. Y'all catch this? I'm talking about the God of the now. I'm talking about the God of space, of location, who said, I'm going to graft you into this vine, and I'm going to feed you off the root. I'm going to nourish you. All you you got to do, that's right, my brother, all you got to do is abide. All you got to do is abide. And if you abide on that root, if you abide in the root of the Spirit of God, I'll produce fruit in your life. You got to abide. Got to abide. Now, are, are you there? I just had to preface that because I want to give you, I could quote this passage here in Romans, but I think it might be best if we all read it together because sometimes I quote things for you and maybe I'll go too fast and you don't get it. But Romans chapter 11, let me read this to you. You there? Romans chapter 11, beginning here at verse 16. The Bible says, Paul says, for if the first fruit be holy, how many know Jesus is the first fruit? How many know if Jesus was a fruit, you'd make a pretty good pie? Let me say it one more time. How many know if Jesus was, was an apple, you'd have a pretty good apple pie? Holy moly. Come on, somebody. Now, watch what happens here. For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is holy. In other words, if you had a batch of, of dough and the dough was perfect, let's, let's suppose I had some cookie dough and you wanted some cookies, but I don't want to give you the whole batch, but you wanted two or three cookies, I could, I could cut off a little piece of that dough and give it to you. And if you rolled out three cookies, those cookies are going to be good. Why? Because the dough was good. Y'all, hearing, y'all, y'all, going, y'all traveling with me? Now listen to this. And if the root be holy... And let me say it again. And if the root be holy, then so are the branches. Can somebody say amen to that? If the root's holy, then guess what? You're holy too. Why? Because you're part of the same system. This is how vineyards are planted. You get a root, then you attach a vine, and the vine draws off the root. And the better the root, the better the grape, the better the berry. Is there any root better than the Holy Ghost himself? To whom Jesus became a fruit from that root? Do you know that the fruit that Jesus produced was from the fruit, from the root of the Holy Spirit? And he learned how to abide. He says, I can do nothing unless the Father help me. 
I don't say anything he doesn't say. I don't do anything he doesn't do. Why? Because he was showing you that the root is sufficient unto itself. And brother and sister, I'm here to tell you, you can rest now. You can let go now. All you have to do is hang. You got to do is hang. Just, just hang with Jesus. Just hang. Just, just abide. Now, now, now let, let me give this last little admonition and then I'm, I'm going to show you something. It says if some of the branches be broken off, and we know who they were. Those were all of the unbelieving Jews who were connected to this root. The bosses were broken off. And it says, and thou being a wild olive tree were grafted in among them. And with them partakest of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. Ah. Boast not against the branches. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. So let me say something distinctly about abiding. This vine is so perfect. The God of time and of space, so perfect to abide with Jesus. And if you look, if you're just with me, and I know I'm with God. And I know that he speaks into the now, no matter what's going on in my life, I know that I don't have to be, I don't have to panic. Because he's with me now, presently. No matter what happens to me, all I know is I can tell the Lord, this is what's going on. He's going to affect the now. And, and so I can just abide. I can be at peace. I can be at rest. And you should be at rest too. But I want you to know that true rest in, in, in the kingdom produces fruit. And this is essential. If, if you are truly at rest, and some of you may want to go back and read Hebrews 4 and really understand that there's a rest for the people of God. A, a rest that, that we have in Christ Jesus that produces this leisureness in our faith, that produces the fruit of God. The root will produce the nutrient to the branch to produce the fruit. In other words, you're supposed to be picked on. I mean, let me say that again, see? See, because I'm talking about abiding. If you're truly abiding in the kingdom, you're going to get picked on. Because fruit is meant to be picked. And any kind of fruit that can't be picked is a self-aware fruit. It's a religious fruit. Because a real genuine fruit of the kingdom of heaven is meant to be picked. And if you abide in that vine, you're going to be picked, right? Because fruit is visible and the intention is to be picked. And could I suggest to you that the picking of this fruit is going to be done by others, not yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, you don't get to pick your fruit. Because you, know you know how you do, Lord, give me patience. Lord, Lord, give me joy. Lord, Lord, what I need is self-control. You're not abiding yet. You're not abiding yet. Because if you abide, the fruit of the Spirit shows up. So, so, so let me go through this real slow. The Holy Spirit will help me. Paul told the church in Galatia in the fifth chapter, he said this to him. If ye be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. 
But the works of the flesh are manifest. Works, the fruit of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Go through them. Adultery. This is the fruit. When you're in the flesh, this is what you can expect to happen. But just, 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 just examine yourself. Uh, let me be a fruit inspector today. <laughs> let me go through the distinction between flesh and spirit. So, so let's go through it. It goes, and the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery. Fornication. Uncleanness. Lasciviousness. Idolatry. Witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies. Check this out. Envyings, murderers. Are you hearing this? This is, this is a manifestation of the flesh. Drunkenness, revelings, and such like. That Paul said, I've told you before, and I'll tell you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Friends, listen, if you're in the vine, you produce the fruit of the kingdom of God. Uh, brother, did you hear what I just said? If, if, you're, if you're abiding, that fruit just happens. See, but if we're busy about stuff and, and our flesh is contaminating the, ve the very thought and purpose of God, we don't produce the fruit of the kingdom of God. Therefore, the thought of God, the, the semblance of God, the manifestation of God is lost in the culture. Don't you know that we'd rather have a loving you, a peaceful you, a joyful you, a patient you, a gentle you, a good you, a faithful you, a meek you, a temperate you. And that if people saw that, what they would see is God. And they would come and pick that fruit. Do you know that if you produce the fruit of the Spirit, the people around you are, are walking in that abundance, right? Because you're dripping the dew of heaven. You are dripping the fatness of the wine of God. You are, you are satisfying the thirst of the thirsty world. And you're doing that because people will pick on you to actually experience that fruit. Y'all hearing that? How marvelous that is. That we would be fruitful. Could you ask yourself, are you truly fruitful? I went through the flesh and I went through the spirit. Tell me, are you walking in the spirit? Are you producing the fruit? Not for yourself, not for you to herald your name, but rather that God may be seen. Do you, do you know that the purpose, there is a face to the Holy Spirit when he moves upon the waters. And what's the face? The face is Jesus. Do, do people see Jesus in you? And if you're truly connected to that root, that's all it can produce is the image of Christ. Why not let go and just let, let Jesus be Jesus? And it's so easy to abide. Why? Because he's the God of now. He's the present God. You don't have to worry about calamities, situations, problems, strifes, all the things that go on in the world, all the things that cause your mind to be hurried when you could just simply abide. Wouldn't it nice to have peace in the midst of your problem? That'd be nice. The kind of peace that people say, well, you, I, I know you're going through stuff. Why you look like you're just chilling? Because I'm abiding on the vine. 
and nice. That when all the world is upside down, when all the world is full of trouble, and we see that happening in the world, that the world right now is full of all sorts of concerns and strifes and contentions and people are angry and there's wars and all sorts of things that Jesus said would happen at the end time. Trust me, brothers and sisters, you need the fruit of the Spirit of God in your life. And all you have to do is just hang out with the Lord. You just got to put him first and say, I just put everything in your hands. I'm just going to abide. I'm just going to hang with Jesus. Hold tight. Hold tight. Hold tight. Hold tight. Church family, stand up real fast. Let, let, let me, I want you to close your eyes. I, I want to deliver to you the word of the Lord. Close your eyes and slow down. I, I, I want you to just zero in right now. On the word that I'm about to deliver to you. Just, just close off the world. Whatever is happening. Just close down. And simply focus your eyes on Jesus. Just as Peter did when he was walking on water. To just, just focus on Jesus. Whatever's happening. Whatever's moving on around you. Stay focused on Jesus. And I, I want to share the word of the Lord. I'm going to do it very slow and very deliberate. So bear with me. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. The God of time and space. The God of now. The God of location. To show you how that you could perfectly rest. Listen to the word of God. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thy trust. 
His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. For thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day. Listen, listen, nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thy eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. For thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, the most high, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee. Listen, church, listen to the word of the Lord. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. And they shall bear thee up in thy hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and the dragon shall thy trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him and set him on high. Because he hath known my name. Listen, listen. He shall, she shall call upon me, and I will answer her. I, I, I will be with her in trouble. L listen to the root. Listen to what God does. Listen to the abiding power of God. I will deliver you, and I will honor you. With the long life will I satisfy you, listen, and show you my salvation. Brother and sister, that's the whole of Psalms 91. To Fear abide. For my prophecy is coming. Shall fit to my prophecy. Fear not the shameful thing. I shall be with thee. My fear, my prophecy. Yea, not for you. Brothers and sisters. Will you lift your hands in the house of the Lord today? And the, pro the, the, the issue of lifting hands, brothers and sisters, can I say, is more than just the adoration that comes with it, but, but it's a sign of your surrender. Today, today we lift our hands and say, Father, we surrender. F Father, we purpose to just abide. To, to, to live in the, in the, in the shadow in the rest, in the recuse of your holiness, of your perfectedness. To, to let the Holy Spirit do what only He does, uh, to produce the very image and visage of Christ in the world around me. And so, so, so I'm here just to abide. You know, you know, church family, when we say press in, isn't this the expression of abiding? Uh, how lovely it is to press into the heart of God and into the mind of God and into His purposes. How beautiful it is when our concentration moves from all the things and cares of the world as it concentrates on one person, the beautifulness of Jesus. Brother and sister, there's a reason why the Bible doesn't call it the fruits of the Spirit. 
because it's not seen as parts, it's seen as a whole. If we abide, we produce the fruit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. I just want to abide in the Lord. You see, I'm a holy branch. Not that I boast in myself. As Paul said, no, 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 no. I boast in the root. The beautifulness of the Holy Spirit producing in me the fruit of the kingdom of God. Just as Jesus bore it, just as Jesus produced the fruit of the Spirit, so will I. You see, if the first fruit be holy, then guess what, brothers and sisters? You're holy too. (laughs) And if the lump be holy, guess what? So are the parts of that lump. And if that root be holy, guess what? The branches are holy too. Jesus, God of now. (laughs) Eternal one, ancient of days. Everlasting Father, eternal one. (laughs) Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are the God of now. You are the glory. (laughs) You don't need me to go 25 years to produce sweet wine. You'll say now. Draw now. Fill it with the Holy Ghost. (laughs) gallons of it (laughs) fill it to the brim (laughs) we used to sing in the church fill my cup Lord fill it up Lord come and quench this yearning in my soul bread of heaven feed me till I want no more You, you know we wanted to be full of bread and full of the cup of the water of the Holy Spirit. We want we, we, we it to pour out. <laughs> Jesus says this, 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 this firkin, <laughs> this, this vessel, fill it to the brim. Uh, brothers and sisters, do you know that you're that firkin? <laughs> fill to the brim and the Holy Spirit. Could, could I say, could I say to you that out of your belly shall flow rivers of, of living water. Could, could I say that to somebody? That out of your belly, I, 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 out of you is going to flow rivers, rivers, rivers. It won't just drip over, brother and sister. You're going to produce a river of living water. and sisters, will you press in to the Lord just for a moment? We've got a, we've got a few minutes. Could you press in just, just for a moment? Just, just, just for a moment. Press, press in. Press in to, press in, uh, press into Jesus. Press, press into the Holy Spirit. I might.